0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Polygon Forest. I am Ubisoft concept artist Vin Hill, and I am joined, as ever, by the indie developer, Mr. Chris Jarvis. Hello. Uh, so let's do this. So uh, today we are going to be talking about some uh, some conspiracy theories surrounding the video games industry of Kojima and other weird stuff. Yep, yeah, we'll get into that anyway. No. We're going to get into that, yeah. We'll we're going to start off with a technical hitch, really, because Vin, your camera has oh, frozen my mind frozen. So I know. Yeah, we do we do need to mention this. Like for some reason, my video keeps freezing um for Chris on, on end. his end. But not on my end. So you'll be able to see me. Like we're well, moving still fine and stuff, but for Chris's end. And if you're listening to this on the audio version, then just ignore us it altogether. Because it make none, any of difference. none of that matters. None of that matters. So it's all good. But if you are joining us live, then uh thank you very much. If you're not, then um thank you for joining us after the fact and what else are we going to be talking about other than the uh, conspiracy theory, Chris? I can't remember.
1: Um, we're going to talk about your knickers. Yep, yeah, that is true. I forgot about this. Yeah. And um, there's not much on my end. Mm. Um, and I've had a look on the news and it's still quite... It's pretty dry. Pretty dry news was well, there something sony you talked about in the tweet you know
0: that was right was just, yeah yeah um, yeah we're going to talk about sony as well and uh sony that lack of uh yeah we'll get into that later. Like, anyway we're going to be talking about sony at some point anyway okay but yeah until then uh chris what have you been playing what have you been if i can talk properly what have you been playing i have been playing more uh f1 2020 nice Going around in circles, taking them so, left and right turns, technical yeah. technical choices with yeah. moving. Yeah, okay. How's that going? Uh, it's going well. So I
1: I was playing streaming it, and then my internet maybe just have you know the reason why we're having this trouble here. Yeah, my internet was playing up, so I I pulled the trigger and I downloaded it, and then I started a whole new campaign, and I'm doing the whole 22 races. I was just doing like a light sort of 10 races to a season. But I'm doing all of the tracks now, so all 22 right. tracks, because I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. I want to get into it. I want to see how good I can do. Yeah. Um, and I've got to the point now where I've started to take off some of the more arcade-y settings, uh, so like um, traction control, things like that. I've started to take them off and it get a bit more difficult cool. working my way up to have...
0: So you are got to be a pro more. race driver by the the end of the, uh, by the end of the game. That's what you're saying. That's
1: that's the idea that's the plan yeah it's just um it's what i need at the moment because it's quite calming it's quite soothing to just feel in control of something <laughs> <laughs> so with my life at the moment everything's like changing you know moving house is one of yeah. the most stressful
0: things everything's so in the wind sort of thing everything's
1: up in the air so this is really therapeutic in that i can just uh yeah i can just um go around in circles,
0: but I have control. Yeah, it always cracks me up. Like, I always make fun of people that play and watch uh, NASCAR stuff because, like, I I get, like, they're into it and stuff and, like, there's a lot of technical, like, sort of conversation around that. But for, like, me personally, it's, like, just a bunch of people watching the TV, but like, yeah, they're making a left turn, you know, sort of thing. It just, it just cracks me. And up. another one. And another one. Right. Oh my god, they're doing it again. Yeah. It's like he overtook him. Oh my god, he might win the race. And it's just like, and when you like really get down to the great of it, and you actually talk to people about it, like what they actually want to see is just fucking crashes, basically. <laughs> that's what they want. see. Yeah. they want to see that's a car they, flip over.
1: That's so. what they. That's what they. Turn out for, but yeah, on the Silverstone weekend, Max Verstappen's sort of fifty-one G crash at like a hundred and god knows miles an hour. Yes, yeah. more than I, that's more stats than I think you get in NASCAR because I think that's slower speeds and less G forces.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've seen they, they, I've seen videos of, uh, like, F1 cars just going down the track and then, like, they get a tiny bit of wind under them and the car just, mm, like, flies, like, literally takes off and starts yeah. doing flips in the air. And it's like, Jesus Christ, like, you thought they would have figured that out by now.
1: But, yeah. You know, well, it's bananas. all the downforce and then as soon as that gets disrupted, and, yeah it's, yeah, it's very technical. But, yeah, I'm enjoying that and I've been a bit boring. I've not really tested the water with anything else games-wise. But also, there's not really been a huge amount being released at the moment either. There's not any new things that sort of catch in my eye. I'm just waiting for the um, Ghost of Tsushima. Um, right, that's out in director's cut. The twentieth, is it? Yeah, it's out on Sorry, the twentieth.
0: Was it? Fifteenth? Oh crap! Yeah, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that, actually. Yeah, that should be so, good. I'm yeah. looking forward to see what they do with the uh, Ikishima stuff, anyway. Like, I'm, I'm really yeah. curious about that because we've really not seen much of what is in that. Like, I have a feeling it's just going to be like another region. It's not going to feel any different, really. It's just them padding it out because PlayStation really, really needs something right now. I think hmm. that since um, Horizon got pushed into next year, like, they're sort yeah. of scrambling a little bit for content right now, which is...
1: It so is what it is. there's been a bit of a push on that, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can pet monkeys and you can pet, like, I think, lynx cats or whatever they are. So you can pet things other than foxes in this uh, expansion.
0: Right. Yeah. So, is that is that a lot of content now? Is it you know? Well, that's
1: got the fans happy. True. Um, and it's something that's very easily marketable and that travels. sure um, So that's very clever. Yeah. Is that going to affect the wider story and, and your, you know, emotional engagement with the story arc? Yeah. Yeah. Where can it go after the end of the story as well? Um, yeah,
0: I guess I guess that's my sort of um fear and, and what I usually have a problem with when it comes to like these expansion DLCs is like when you like you play the whole game and then you play this expansion straight afterwards and it always feels like it's just the drag of the game. Like it doesn't feel like it really fits. It's just like it's just more stuff. Like it, it seldom ever like feels like a good Chunk of something that should be there, you know. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm sort of worried about that. But yeah, it's, it's a ghost of to I'm going to play f- playing it again anyway. I'm just not going to go and do absolutely everything in the game like I did last time. <laughs> yeah, getting the platinum. Well, I'm going
1: to, I, I'm going in. I'm going to go in with reduced expectations. I think. Right. Uh, I'll be happy if they have like a couple of main campaigns, which adds to some lore or some backstory or some more character development things like that. As long as I have a few cool story elements I'll be okay the, yeah. the the dressing up you know the petting the different animals is, you know once you've done that once that novelty will wear off yeah, for me pretty quick for others that's you know that's well, the best part people, of the game right the best part of the game like a game where they just go around petting different animals is some people's idea of a perfect game fair enough yeah that's
0: true like I'm surprised there isn't a game out there it's just like a petting simulator or something you know you just wander around like you have to I don't know there's a list of all the animals you need to pet yeah, and then, and then sequel is heavy paying. Right. There's an innuendo somewhere in there, but it's all good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the fluffy rabbits. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. But the amount of time that they've had to work on it since the game's release, mm. I'm... I'm confident. they, they can something. do and think mind-blowing.
0: Yeah, they should. They have do something. be very impressed. Yeah, yeah I impressed think, uh, like from what I was saying before, I think the crisis of sort of not having enough content to fill out their launch year is sort of. I think this is a crisis that happened about twelve months ago, or something, for Sony, and then they've sort of realized that's why we got Miles Morales come out during launch. That's why we got um, Ghost of Shima, like director's cut. That's why we're getting a director's cut of um, Death Stranding, and I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't get a Blood Bond def- um, director's cut pretty soon as well. Because uh, that's like the best way, the way that they can fill out um, this very, very empty year so far. Like, well, it's mm. not completely empty. Obviously, we've had Ratchet. We've mm. had, um, oh, crap, what was the other one? Returnal, that was it.
1: Returnal, couldn't, yeah. Couldn't get it in my head then. So that's some good game, you know, some games that have been well-received and well-done and well-executed. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it's just they're a bit thin on the ground. Mm. Have you heard there's this going to be this Rockstar Trilogy remaster? There's yeah,
0: there's. I mean there's rumours flying around that there's going to be a GTA, which is like the, I think it's all the PS2 games, I think it was. Yeah, that was it. So it's uh, GTA 3, Vice City, and San Andreas I think it is. That's the rumour that all of those are getting a full remake. Oh, remaster, sorry, I'm not sure. Remaster. If getting, I'm not sure if they're getting remade, but they've they've remastered these and ported these a few times already, so um, it's this is very part of the course for um rockstar how far they take that is another question like i'm not i'm not too hmm. sure like if i would yeah it'll be interesting because they cuz they could do something awesome with it they could totally just like take the gta5 engine and reuse all their assets to make gta3 to make the other ones yeah that would be cool but vice city would be a lot harder i think because that's very much set in the 80s and that's like all I was the just pink neon that. And, and, and like all like all the costumes and stuff would have to change so yeah yeah, i i think it's just going to be a straight port if i'm honest like of the pc versions to just some upgraded textures and things and maybe yeah maybe a bit of tweaking on the mechanics making more i don't know what would what would you want to see out of that sort of thing though
1: i i i mean i'm of that age i would love to see a remake of vice
0: city yeah like reimagining like
1: that game again but
0: it's my least favorite gta it's really yeah a lot of people love it and i totally respect the fact why people love it because it's the like the whole scarface fantasy right like that's the that's the the thing of it and i just because i never really got into scarface and i wasn't really into Uh, like the 80s aesthetic at any point like i never right it's too it's too much pink i think that's what it is Oh, okay. Being overly masculine or something, but no, I, I, I don't know what it is. I just, but it was like was the one that I enjoyed the least, I think.
1: So, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, that that's another reason why I like the, um, I love the Rockstar games because there is something for everyone. And, oh yeah, and they do, in some ways, they're very samey. Like you can spot a Rockstar game from a mile off, but in other ways, they tackle different, um, they tackle different genres. They approach you know crime and criminology in different ways humor and um it you know sometimes it's tongue-in-cheek sometimes it's hard and gritty and they um yeah they they, they're they so unique in that the rockstar games are they they usually have like a really
0: good uh social commentary on like on the world and stuff as well like they they make fun and poke fun like it reminds me a lot of south park actually like the way that they do certain things
1: they're self-aware. It's like a self-aware, it's a very self-aware yeah. company, and uh, their games self software. And I think that comes down to the fact that it is a UK team originally. Yeah. Being aware of American pop culture, and it's in there it, it was in that that film that Daniel Radcliffe played one of the developers from Rockstar, and that they. Said, I haven't seen this. Yeah, I've been oh, wanting really to watch good. it.
0: Yeah, I've heard. It's I've really heard good things
1: about that. And they're, that and they're saying that because we're outside looking in, and they've grown up with the culture from a third-person perspective, they can. Yeah. They can embrace it and 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 present it back to Americans better than Americans could themselves, and they That's know, what what, know what they know what defines the genre better than they do themselves. People living in it under the microscope, if you like. I totally get that. So yeah, I want to see a Vice City remake. Um, but to be honest, it's been so long since I have played like a GTA game because me, I'm a play the main campaign and then end it sort of guy. Yeah. I haven't played I haven't played any GTA games for years now, so.
0: Yeah, the last uh-huh. one I played was uh, GTA five on the PlayStation 3 when it first came out, and I haven't touched it since. Yeah. So it's been a whole generation. To, yeah, gen- well, 1.5 generations, I guess. 1.5 generations. It's been a while, man. It, it's it's strange yeah. that we didn't get a single GTA last generation. That was the weird thing to me, was like how we just didn't get one, Like, and it's well, I, bizarre.
1: It's weird, but I think that's a testament to their success.
0: Oh, yeah. Without they doubt. were making yeah. so much money. For so long that they
1: just lit. They literally didn't need
0: to. I'd be really surprised if the next GTA wasn't free to play. Honestly,
1: really, yeah. What make money just off the off the off the um sure, the DLCs and the expansion packs and the the different story. They'll do episodic stories and stuff like that. So you have the sandbox world, which is
0: free. Multiplayer might be free, and then you you buy the yeah. You're right. Actually, it's probably they'll probably keep the. The single player probably um, paid, but it's paid. I, yeah, because I remember, I remember when they made the jump from for GTA Online. I think they made that free after a while, mm. and when that happened, I think it just it just took off after that. So it wouldn't surprise me, like from the very beginning, if we got, or even if like it wouldn't surprise me. Sorry, if they like split it up completely and just kept GTA Six and GTA Online as two separate entities, sort of thing. So then, there just wasn't any like multiplayer packed in. So I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to see. I mean, them them fucking games just never stop selling. You know, I think hmm. GTA Five is a, a, like seventy million units or something at this point, which is ridiculous. Like, there's yeah. just no, there's no real reason for that to be a thing. But here we and are. And The amount
1: of people playing still on, like, their servers are always still really, really, really healthy after so many years. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, but it's also but you know, they were working on Red Dead Redemption too. So yeah,
0: know. it's it's very strange to see like a, a a sort of platform game like that where it isn't it isn't free to play. It's just people buy it sort of thing, and then the people are playing it. And it's it's really rare to see that them sort of numbers out of a game like that. I mean, the mm-hmm. only the only other game I really know of that sort of I say success really, but. Like the only other thing that I've seen in the industry is something like Rainbow Six Siege. It's the only thing because mm. I think they're up to like sixty or seventy million players now, and that game has never gone free to play yet. So it's it's not it's not a very common yeah, thing. It's interesting. So when you when you hit your stride with that sort of stuff it's just maintaining it and, and adding new content constantly and adding new skins and, and just stupid stuff like that which you know for us it seems weird like looking in but for the fans that are enjoying that sort of stuff and they're just eating that stuff up I can't mm. knock them for it you know like if they keep buying yeah. it then who the hell am I saying anything yeah
1: yeah it's like uh, it's like the ability to have a gang of mates go in you know that's where some people go in and hang out like for a lot of people it's Warzone like yeah, their mates thing. will go and hang out on a on a whatever a day and they'll hang out there and gta and um the tom clancy stuff is providing playgrounds basically
0: yeah i think that's right i mean it's a community of players within the game rather than just the whole games industry and like Mm. that's what they're trying to build with like free to play and it's a lot easier to do Mm. free to play i was really surprised i'm really surprised that um rainbow Siege just never gone free to play like that still blows my mind
1: considering you know yeah Especially because Ubisoft has said that's where they want to be going, or explore, or, or add new IPs in that sort of realm.
0: It, yeah, it is kind of it is kind of ironic. Like the reason why they're probably going free to play is because of like how successful Siege has been, and that's mm. the last game to go free to play at this point. <laughs> I'm guessing. And Extraction is um, Extraction is going to be a paid for just a yeah, it's a, I think it's a standalone um, game, but that's yeah, it's a bit of a different one because it's a co-op shooter. It's not really. It's not multiple, it is multiplayer, but you're like you're playing with other people rather than against other people. So it's like Left 4 Dead and stuff like that. So it's, yeah, yeah, a little bit different in that respect. But
1: co op rather than multiplayer, I suppose. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Um, So that's so to answer your question, Vin, I'm playing F1 2020.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff. Um, What what have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing a little game which I finally got around to. Um, People have been bug me about this for years especially shout out to Evan Piotrowski on um uh, fucking hell what's the podcast called it's gone uh, Pixel Pints Jesus in- Christ oh. I couldn't think of it yeah, yeah. Uh, on the Pixel Pints podcast like he years ago he was talking about um, a game called Hollow Knight and I've finally got around to this thing I think I started playing it last week and I I've been putting serious time into this this week but yeah. Yeah, I finally, I finally got around to this thing, like playing it properly. Anyway, um, yeah. it's a very, very typical sort of uh, Metroidvania game. And um, you're going through, uh, you're just trying to fill out the map basically, and then gain new abilities as you go in, and hmm. just trying to fill out the map. That's the best way to describe a Metroidvania game. If you've never played a Metroidvania game, it's, it's the map itself is never linear. Like you don't just go from like left to right sort of thing. It's, it's very much. Yeah like you you get all the way to like one area and it's like hey you need a different ability to get past this bit like you won't have the double jump you won't have a a dash you won't have like yeah, things like this so it it's just about gaining them abilities and like learning like the enemy attacks that are usually a bit more difficult as well like the way you actually fight them yeah um so it's not like a typical sort of action game in that respect it's it's a lot more sort of you have to be a, a a lot more methodical about how you go about it. You have to constantly keep track of like how your health's doing and stuff like that. It's got some Souls like elements, but Hollow Knight, man, God, what a great game! Like this is it looks amazing. Such well. a great look like style. Yeah, right. and like at first when you look at the art style, you just think, uh, ah, you know, it looks a bit kiddy or whatever like that. It doesn't look very serious, but mm. like it's the art direction in this game is fantastic. Like the animation yeah. itself, like how you get around and stuff like that it's it's such a great little game um the only i i have uh, the only like problem i've had like i've gotten to a certain area which just has completely broken me in terms of just just the difficulty ramp of this certain area that i get into and if anyone's played hollow knight Mm -hmm. it's the uh crystal mine area or the crystal plane i can't remember the name of it but they'll know what i mean it's like the pink crystal area it's just it's annoying as hell like it's probably like the worst <laughs> point of the game which i've had so far like i was really 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 enjoying it and then suddenly i hit this area and i was like screw this game like i'm, I'm so sick of it <laughs> um but yeah i mean like objectively looking at it though like if i take a step back like it's I've, I've had a lot of fun with it like it's 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 a great game do you need to level up somewhere else before you go back there or? yeah i think so maybe like find a new ability or maybe level up my uh the amount of health um Things because every time you get hit, like your skull like you lose a skull, and you I think you start out with five of them, Mm. and then you can slowly gain like pieces of new skulls as you go. And I've gained like one extra skull. I think I need to go and find another one before I can like properly tackle this area. That's that's the only thing. So I need to go back and and find some secrets because that's the Mm. that's the main drive of like Metroidvania game more than anything, is the whole um going through the areas and really Finding the secret holes in the walls and 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 finding all the lore and stuff, but just the whole atmosphere of uh, Hollow Knight is really well done. It's it it everything is based around like insects and bugs and stuff. Like yeah yeah, and and just that whole aesthetic of it is it's really great and it's really well done in that respect.
1: So the thing I love about the art style is that it it plays it toes that line between. The familiar and the unusual yeah. so it feels initially it feels familiar and then it's the fine details where you think oh actually that is pretty unique so you, you uh, some of the assets you've, you've seen a million times before but and the lighting is yeah dark and moody and yeah but then when you actually look at the fine detail it's it's got its own it's definitely got its own unique visual style yeah absolutely really pay attention to what's actually Going on, well, it looks unique to me with the whole bugs and stuff, and the even the, the fauna and flora. Yeah. So it looks like something I really want to play, and yeah, as soon as I get a bit of free time, which is probably gonna be never ever.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the closest it's the closest thing you can get to an RPG, like an action RPG, without the leveling up. I think that's the best mm. way to describe a Metroidvania, because technically you do level up, like with your abilities, like when you get a dash or you get like a new sort of attack or whatever, like that's I am really enjoying Metroidvania's. I I I'm really getting into them recently, but
1: yeah, yeah.
0: can't play too many of them in a row, sort of thing.
1: <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you need to be in the mood for it, and it needs to be a certain time. Yeah, for me anyway. For that, that I've not played since. You know, since. I've played yeah, I mean the last
0: sure. the last uh, Metroidvania game that I played was a game called Blasphemous, which was I think it was probably one of my game of the years last year. After probably after goes Shishima, so it was yeah. I can't, I can't recommend High it. High bar. High yeah. bar, yeah. Like, they're, so, they're great games, nice. and they're, um, they're really starting to figure out exactly what makes them great as well. So, like, the more, like, indie developers are coming out with this sort of stuff, like, it's, they're just getting better and better as well, which is crazy considering they've been going for, like, almost 30 years now. So,
1: it's great. Yeah. Oh, makes me feel old.
0: does, does not. Yeah. <laughs> and then where are we going
1: to go in the future as well? The future is bright. Indeed. Uh, Unless it's a moody, dark... Um, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, anyway. you can have Metroidvanias like that as well, I guess. Um, yeah. I, mean, I think I think Souls games are very close to being Metroidvanias in that respect. They, they technically are, but they're more action RPGs more than anything. Yeah. But, um, games like Control like use uh, Metroidvania um, aspects where you don't have a set path. You can just go anywhere you want, depending on what billy you've got. You're able to access them areas. Uh, yeah. Well, there, that's fair enough yeah there was another there was another game which came out not too long ago which is a triple a game like that as well which has metroidvania stuff uh jedi fallen order that was it that, that's got yeah, like it's come back
1: to the planets after you've done the main mission with some other abilities yeah 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 it's quite a well well trodden path of game games design i think i think it's in lots of different genres um well, you know, reusing assets—you know—it's one of the drink. things that kids are being taught these days. Um,
0: so yeah, sorry, I'll we... just
1: call my wife to get a to get a drink for me. Ah, okay, no, that's <laughs> fine. Well, I can't see you anyway, Vin, because you're frozen. So, I, ah, okay. I, Whenever I don't hear you, I just assume you're attentively listening to every word I say. Um, but yeah, no, that's fine. Can we
0: talk about your knickers yet? Thank you, madam.
1: You're welcome,
0: good sir. <laughs> yes, we can talk about my knickers. <laughs> Let's just wait for my wife to hear that.
1: Um, yeah, we can't you on. I'm good with that. Um, so anyone that follows Vin on Twitter. Which is very few people. S- very, very which few is people. very few people. But Speaking of which, you should go and follow me. <laughs> yes. Let's all follow, we'll follow Vin on... it? Hill for...
0: At Hill Games.
1: At Hill for Games. Yeah. And you've been designing... Uh, you've been doing some character animations for your yeah. game that you're sort of making a game dot document four, and it's this Japanese school girl.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And um, I know what the basic premise of the game is, but I'm I'm sure, I won't give away any spoilers, but you've posted up the animation cycle of this Japanese school girl. Sure. Yeah,
0: I've got it on the screen right now so people can check
1: it out. Okay. It looks really cool. And one thing I noticed and was interested to talk to you about and (laughs) ask you about was the knickers. So me being 33-year-old Western chap. Yeah. I've got certain, um, an idea of the whole Japanese culture around schoolgirls right. in Japan. You've lived in Japan a few years, so you've probably got more insider knowledge. You've um, lived in the culture, and <clears throat> so you've got more understanding. Right. I guess what my major question is, and I want to know like a full answer, like explain away, Vin. Why have you drawn knickers in this animation cycle on this Japanese schoolgirl? Yeah, I mean what, the the idea what's that all
0: about the idea behind this whole um, the the game idea, which I've got, is sort of lean into tropes a lot. And the like, one of the the main section of the game is set during, within sort of a, a Japanese town, and it, I just want to lean into every single trope that I can possibly find. I and mean, there's a lot of tropes in Japan when it comes to anime, anyway. Not the actual country itself, like that. They're just stereotypes I guess <laughs> but like one of them is the whole like sexualization of um Japanese schoolgirls which is absolutely hilarious to me because it just doesn't make any sense to like Westerners like looking in which like why? Is, why okay <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, yeah so I was leaning into that like even within like the main character design because like the because this game is going to be a Metroidvania as well much like Hollow Knight was and it's um because it's set in two different worlds pretty much the second world, she's gotta be in like full armor and stuff, and she's not gonna be in this sort of outfit. This is just when she's in like the normal town. Um, uh, okay. So, like there's just gotta be yeah, there's a lot of like weird culture things which I'm gonna be leaning into, and this is this is one of them. So that's that's the reason why I did it. I am yeah. not into it myself. It's just yeah, that was the that was the reason why. So I did it it's not. like it's
1: self aware nod to the the subculture of these. Exactly, yeah yeah the popularity of this because it's like well well accepted in japan isn't it for men to read comics
0: yeah i mean it's it there's there's a lot to dive into with that i mean the way i don't even know where to start with this but it's kind of that's a big question yeah it is a big question but like there's there's a lot of weird sexualizations in japan when it comes to anything pretty much like they've or what the they've got would a lot of, us. that's weird right i would say yeah. um but like the whole innocent side of stuff in japan is a lot bigger like the, there's a lot more focus on what is sexy versus what is cute so anything that is cute in japan like they'll constantly say oh that's cute that's cute she's cute and stuff like that and that that can mean a million different things that can mean sexy that can mean genuinely cute that can mean like oh because they could say oh the kid's cute all they can say, oh, she's cute as in that girl that I just walked by that's super hot sort of thing. And even though they use the same adjectives, they can mean completely different things. But the problem with that mm. is it merges as well a lot of the time as well. So when they say like pure, like anything that's innocent and pure sort of thing and is cute, like can be perceived as sexy as well in a, a weird way. Like I'm hyper generalizing here, but yeah, that's roughly like the way that it goes. So, so that's the gist of it. That's the gist of it. So there's this weird sort of, there's like a subculture, or like a, a almost a fetish around uh, Japanese schoolgirls in Japan, just purely because they're perceived as like the innocent sort of cute girl sort of thing. But I think the it depends on the uh, province or the like where wherever you live in Japan. The the age for sex in Japan is actually a lot lower than you might think as well so like in some in some areas like in some provinces or something i think it was like 13 for a while which no one ever does don't get me wrong i'm not saying like everyone's like at 13 Everyone's are like being active. At 13 right that's yeah. not the case at all like because they've because it's it's a similar thing to italy actually when i went moved when i moved to italy when i visited italy um you go over there and there's no age limit for drinking at mm. all And you would think, oh, my God, like, there's no... All the kids would be drunk. Like, they're all out. Everyone's getting trashed. Like, the streets must be filled. Like, the drinking culture must be really bad. Like, no, not at all. Like, you go to Italy, you go out for a drink. Like, all young people will go out, have one drink, and then they'll all go home sort of thing. Obviously, again, generalizing, there's going to be some... There's going to be some alcoholic teenagers in in, in Italy (laughs) somewhere where they fall through that net. But, like, generally speaking... That's how it normally goes. So it's it's very much a look, don't touch sort of society in Japan in that respect. So right, yeah, it's that sort of thing.
1: That's interesting because also the crime rate is actually really low, isn't it, in Japan? So it's mm-hmm. not like that. It's not like everyone's going out and one of the safest
0: countries I've ever been to, ever lived in. Um, I would never have a problem. Like me and my wife would uh, take like if, if if Rachel, like she's been on the podcast, but I don't know why I keep referring to her as my wife. But whenever Rachel went for a run she would go for a jog at 11 o'clock at night, 12 o'clock at night. And you would never even have to think about it twice. And she'd be gone yeah. for an hour and she'd come back and it'd never be a problem. Like yeah. there's hardly any crime whatsoever in Japan. Um, and any crime, because it's strange, like the murderer is even looked at, like not as poorly as like it would be if you stole something and stuff like that. It's just, it's just so many weird like cultural things that you have to sort of get your head around. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's a different world over there. It's it's very very safe, but mm. they do have problems with like perverts and stuff. Like they'll have signs on trains and stuff for, like girls. I mean, the, the, this is the problem. Like Japan is quite a sexist country. Like that's another side of all of this, though, in the respect that um, they even have on the trains, they have women only carts because men will be rubbing up against them and things like that. And it's it's absolutely horrific and it's terrible. Oh, okay Um, it's a terrible thing but yeah and the signs everywhere in the train station like oh like watch out for perverts and stuff and yeah it's it's very like she can have an eye and stuff like that it's it's very Mm -hmm. weird but it's just a different world in that respect Mm -hmm. you know wow that is a yeah that
1: is a lot to unpack
0: yeah. So, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's it's such a like a broad question, but like it's yeah. I hope I gave like a generalized sort of explanation to it. It's not like I said, it's not everywhere. It's not everyone, it's not every dude is in Japanese schoolgirls or anything like that, obviously. Mm-hmm. But there is a sort of sexualization of Japanese schoolgirls purely mostly because of like the idol industry. Like I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but like they mm-hmm. have these models basically, which are just quintessential like the virgin um like schoolgirl, like perfect innocent sexy girl whatever and they'll idolize them like literally and call them idols and they'll Hmm. like so if you ever go to like Akihabara or whatever there's always like Akihabara is like the worst place in the world in my opinion like I used to like get really excited about going there which is like the the geek town where all like the anime stuff is and stuff like that but, like, as soon as you come out of uh, Akihabara uh, Station, there's, on the right-hand side, there is a concert hall for AKB48, which is, like, the, it's, like, this basically schoolgirl singing group which are constantly, like, switching out members. And they they sing and they dance and they have, like, full concerts and stuff. And, and they're all innocent enough. If you go and watch videos of them, it's just, like, a bunch of cute girls doing dances and songs. And, you're like, oh, that's... That's like fine. Like TikTok stuff, yeah. Very, very Japanese. Very TikTok-ish, okay. yeah. Very, very positive, of course, which is all good and well. However, if you ever see the people that are going into the concerts, then it gets really grimy and disgusting. Like, it's just absolutely horrific. Like, you watch, like, these middle-aged men pile into these shows with their light sticks, like, doing all their songs and dances. And it's really, really creepy. And, like, they're all stood outside, like, trading pictures of idols and stuff like this. And it's just... It, it feels very, very weird and very gross, mm. like as a foreigner. So, like, I just, like, I hardly ever went to Akihabara after a few visits because it was just, you see, like, all of this weirdness. And it was, and again, this is why this whole, like, Metroidvania, like, idea of a game came about because I want to poke fun at that. I, I want to be like, yeah, the whole sexualization of schoolgirls is kind of weird. But yeah. you can do that in a funny, like, sort of, tasteful way as well like without making fun of the country sort of thing but you can do it in a way which is like a slight nod like you can have her as a character be a strong character and be and kicking the crap out of like chicans or whatever or the uh the perverts or whatever like yeah you can make them the enemy sort of thing in the game and that would be that's that's the sort of thing i want to play with them sort of cultural ideas behind that but yeah that's where it came from
1: yeah that's what i was going to ask like is this going to uh challenge some of those uh Ideas, so in in that way it's quite unique and quite western yeah Uh, if 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 in the japanese that culture would be that you know the idols are the idols and they're worshipped by the 30 something middle-aged men yeah um and so to then challenge that and question that that could be quite a a westernized uh, version of a
0: yeah, yeah, I mean, this game. yeah. The thing is, like, this happens a lot as well in Japan. Like, so they'll constantly make fun of this sort of stuff as well themselves. So, if you ever play a game like um, like Yakuza, like, there's a lot of there's a lot of like self awareness in that. There's if you ever watch yeah. an anime called a Kill or Kill, so much, so much self awareness in that anime. Like, it's just it's it's if you if you don't like understand Japanese culture and you watch Kill a Kill, like, it's still a great show. Yeah, but if you do understand Japanese culture, it's like twenty million times better because like the amount of stuff that they're just constantly poking fun at, like the fact that one of the main characters is constantly, um, like one of the main characters is a uh, like a, a schoolgirl and she's constantly asleep in class, but then outside of class. She's constantly like, "Oh, I'm busy. I'm going to be late. I'm going to be late. I'm going to be late." And then she gets to class and she's just asleep straight away. As a Westerner, you'd be like, "Okay, that's that's funny, I guess." But to like in Japan, like you see that all the time. It's just people everywhere. Everyone is rushing to get absolutely everywhere, and then the second that they get there, everyone's like asleep and stuff because they're so tired from rushing around everywhere. And it's right. just that sort of stuff, which yeah. is great. I love that stuff. So we need we need more of that. I think you know. That's cool. And so, what's the next step for you? Then you've done this uh,
1: this animation cycle. Yeah. Uh, are you going to be um, using the uh, character controller that you've created, and then creating animations for this this new character for for the different moves moves you got for the?
0: Yeah, exactly. Controller? I mean the the previous character controller, which I've already shown, which is the um, like the pixel art version with the like the parries and all that sort of stuff. I can basically use the new animations with using that character controller, so I can just start plugging in the new animation to that. So I'm going to get the bare bones stuff into it first, which is going to be run cycles, which is going to be like the basic attack animations just so I can get it running in game. And then as soon as I can get that, then I'm going to move off to getting a couple of enemies in the game so then I can actually get parries and stuff working properly. Because I've already got parries working, but it's more I need to really... Get a decent enemy like fully animated and, and figured out in a gray box area, and then after that, I can start building out levels and then just adding new enemies and, and so on and so forth. Because most Metroidvanias are based around this idea that you are constantly rewarding the player with new abilities. So I've got a list of all these abilities that I need to yeah. make, but then I just need to strip them all out and pretend they're not there, like for like the main level, and then the next area will be implement like a new ability. So it's just about gaining them abilities, but I've got to come up with all them abilities first. So yeah, it's just Can you give us a like sneak that. peek
1: of one what sort of ability?
0: Uh what abilities have I already got finished? Like something like a parry would be a decent one. Mm-hmm. Cause like you could start out the player with a just the standard block and they're not actually like parrying and, and doing a riposte sort of thing where they like block them, the enemy's like, oh you hit me and then uh, it's, Get an execution on them and stuff. Like that would be yeah. a, a cool thing to sort of reward the player with. A double jump would be the main thing. Um yeah. being able to do that. Maybe even a ledge climb, like the ledge climb which I've got, you could totally have that as an unlock, you know. As an unlockable,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. So you've got lots of areas that are flat and just linear, and then
0: yeah,
1: after you've unlocked it, you can add that verticality. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: That's interesting. So there's a lot to do in that respect. But it's yeah. I'm excited. Making games is hard, Finn. yeah. Yeah. In case you didn't know. I didn't, I'm useless.
1: <laughs> I felt really bad this week, because I've not done a sausage on my game, and I missed Screenshot Saturday this week. <gasps> I haven't missed it in, like, months. I'm no Screenshot Saturday. I missed it. Like, yeah. This week's been a bit weird, but I just, yeah, not had time, and so, yeah. Sorry, everyone watching that's like... Why hasn't Acrylic Pixel done his
0: yeah uh,
1: screenshot Saturday? I've missed it. He's got no more animations <laughs> to show me. Yeah, he's he's done. He's finished. No, just uh, just a bit of downtime. But yeah, I'm busy.
0: Yeah, so sue me. Uh, did you want to talk about K- Kojima? Sure. Yeah, we can we can totally talk about that actually. Um, I think I might actually have something to uh, show. I <gasps> don't think I did. Yeah, I did. There we go. I got it. I got it yeah yeah what are we watching finn we're not watching anything just i'm just showing
1: you i'm just showing the whole um uh, i can see it on a delay because i'm watching the old um,
0: live so yeah um we were going to talk about this whole uh kojima abandoned oh, thing
1: we've had some comments sorry should we mention the comments
0: oh we should uh
1: so, so kanban williams.
0: williams yeah do you want to read matt Uh, Yeah,
1: so it makes you wonder why gaming community places Japanese culture on such a high pedestal. And the one before that, uh, not that it should be placed on low pedestal, but it supports the idea that every culture has its dark corners.
0: I agree. Um, I've spoken about this a few times with you, man. Like this whole um, aspect of the the sort of pedestal that people do put Japanese sort of uh, video games on and Japanese games industry as well, especially, is really it's a bit too high in my opinion, like this whole idea that like, oh, the West is messing up so badly right now. Look how good Japanese games are. We should do what they do. And like, if you'd known the truth, mm. I, I don't think you would have said that, you know, because the Japanese games industry has a lot of faults and a lot of stuff which you're blaming, um, Western games companies for doing right now. Um, Japan has been doing for absolute decades and it's, yeah,
1: there is so a the difference. Is, the difference is they don't have that culture of, 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 outspokenness or correction of yep. their wrongdoings they don't um, complain
0: there's an yeah. expression in Japan which is uh the nail that stands up gets hammered down and that basically comes from the whole idea is like hey don't complain like get in line and carry on like you will but that is changing i think in time i think it's going to get to the point where there, there will be a me too movement that hits Japan, just like ours in the West, I think there's going to be an anti-harassment movement that hits Japan that's just like the West. I still think yeah. it's a good decade or two away. Honestly, right. I think it's still a while away. But when it comes, there's going to be a reckoning. Like, I, I, it was absolutely crawling me last month. And I mean, crawling me beyond disbelief, watching all of the, um, watching all the streamers say, hey, I'm not going to play World of Warcraft next week. I'm going to play this Japanese game instead. And it's like... Just the absolute ignorance of that is just astounding to me. Mm. Absolutely astounding. Not to say that we should be boycotting like all Japanese games or anything like that, but there's a reason why I don't pay for anime, you know, because they treat their workers like absolute hell, and mm. they deserve better. And I've I've always I've never paid for anime for that reason, and I, I, I never yeah. will. And the manga industry is solved that way as well, like, but to a to a much smaller scale. But there's literally people working on Naruto that are on less money than the people that work at mcdonald's and when you get to those numbers it's sort of like what is the goal here you know so it, it's rough man
1: yeah it's tricky um do you think that 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 movement could be uh coming for, through the games industry because there is that connection that seems quite unique um as opposed to like the film or yeah like animation
0: well, I, th- I think where... what'll we'll, yeah, I think what will do it is the Japanese games developers are gonna be looking at stuff that's happening at Activision. It's gonna be looking at stuff that is happening with like stuff like Harvey Weinstein is gonna be looking at the stuff happening at Ubisoft. It's gonna be ha- like they're gonna be looking at all of that stuff and be like, you know what, maybe we should just like mention this to someone, and then that's just gonna grow and grow and grow and grow. Um mm. whether that'll ever happen, I'm not too sure because yeah, like you mentioned. Japanese culture is very, very um, cagey about that sort of stuff. Like, you don't complain. You don't make excuses. You just you mm. apologize and carry on sort of thing, and that's it. So, yeah. Carry on.
1: So, yes, thank you for those um, comments, Kanban. And, um, yeah, that's a tricky one. There's not much. We could just keep talking about it forever, can't we? Really? Yeah,
0: yeah, I really could. I mean, because I lived in Japan for four years. I know how it was. Um, I saw the other side of that fence, and... There's a lot of people that are living in Japan right now, like Westerners, that would agree, but they're sort of living there and they understand, and that's just the deal. It's just a completely different world, basically. And it, yeah, it's kind of hard to apply um, cultural things of the West onto Japan and vice versa a lot of the time. But there are certain things we should just fix, you know, like especially cultural issues, like uh, societary issues like that, you know, just mistreatment of women, mistreatment of workers. Um, Crunch in Japan is horrific. And I mean, if you, if we're complaining about ten hours a, a day in the West, like try fifteen to twenty in Japan. Sometimes like it, it's really bad over there. So it, I I'm not telling people to like be angry at everything, but just yeah, hold your sort of prejudices, I guess, <laughs> like you know, the, against certain action,
1: people. In actions need to be informed based on, uh, right. yeah, yeah, based on available information at the time. So yeah, it's. It's easy to see how people can be boycotting Western games and playing Japanese games because the information that's being in this, you know, in on Twitter and in the sphere of information that's available to Westerners, it can seem that that, that the Japanese culture and the Japanese way is is um, more effective and less uh, yeah less um, abusive. But um, yeah, we don't know that that's the case, really. Right. Um, all we do know is what's what's being said by the people coming forward. Uh, yeah,
0: there's that as well. Yeah, we need it's both sides of the fence. It's due process and all that sort of stuff. We need to yeah. do the sort of stuff properly. We we've spoken about that on previous episodes, yeah. Well, but yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, uh, okay. yeah, what we we're going to talk about? We talk about uh, Kojima, right? Yeah, um, Kojima. Yep.
1: Yeah. He's uh, been
0: stirring the hornet's nest.
1: Has so he, or is like of of or his m- publishers or marketing team, or who knows? Is he yeah. got his own? Is his, is he does he use his own Twitter?
0: i'm not sure i think he does but i don't think he uses the english one i think he gets that translated by someone um obviously okay because I, I don't think he speaks english okay um, so yeah but the main the main sort of crux of the story is like this week there has been a lot of talk around uh the game abandoned by blue box uh game studios which this game has been uh, it's been put through the ringer i guess like yeah. all the developers have because there was sort of I think this started with the gamers, if I'm honest. Like, that's where it really started. Like, I don't think Blue Box really started this, but they definitely, as soon as they saw the attention they were getting from it, they started leaning into it. Yeah. Um And I think, like, Kojima isn't really helping. Um, that's probably through pure coincidence. But the, basically, the main crux of the story is there was this game called Abandoned, which was announced. Um, a lot of people said, oh, it looks like Silent Hills. It looks like PT. It looks like something that Kojima would make. It must be a Kojima game. And then people started... Matching dots and lining stuff up and being like, oh, okay, this is definitely a Kajima game because of X, Y, and Z. And it basically turned into this weird, and I mean really weird internet meme of just like a conspiracy theory, like QAnon level ridiculousness. And yeah, it's sort of got to, it's sort of all come to a head now because what ended up happening was because it was getting all this attention, this random indie studio like called uh, Blue Box were just getting all this crazy attention and because they saw they were getting the attention, they probably started leaning into it a little bit and they started like dropping their own little hints but at the same time they were clarifying stuff saying we're not affiliated with Kojima. This is not a Kojima game. This is our own game. Trying to be serious about this but then at the same time in the marketing and stuff like they had random stuff which was constantly making the conspiracy sort of underbelly of the video games industry. So sort of yeah. their ears up, which wasn't, which was fine. It was all good and well, nice and innocent to start with, uh, until the harassment started coming in, uh, which is where like I became a bit more of a, I don't know. Like I'm a huge skeptic of this whole story. I don't think it's anything to a Kojima. I think it's just them trying to make quick buck. I think they're yeah. just trying to use this as a, uh, as a market employee, or, more than or could be inspired by some, just
1: you know, some of the Kojima games, maybe, yeah. and that they're yeah they're using that publicate that publicity to you know I think get so, the so. hype going. Yeah, I think that's probably the most likely. Um, but one thing that I do like about this story is the effect that it's having in that it, yeah, the abuse and the harassment side of things. It's obviously it goes without saying that that's yeah. terrible and wrong, it shouldn't happen, but there's probably again a silent majority of people that are like enjoying the the being thrown off the scent of what the game that's being developed could be or what it's about yeah because the worst thing is when people do speculate and then that becomes the consciousness of what people expect and sometimes that's just from fans misinterpreting things or streamers giving wrong information or giving uh, a biased opinion of this that or the other sometimes it's the games marketing that just completely misdirects gamers um and so whenever there's people's expectations are under understated that's always the best outcome i think yeah. so for example cyberpunk was a was a tragedy because that was the marketing team doing the wrong thing and yeah I agree. The wrong thing and the public and the, the actual game studio releasing a game that doesn't work and then on the flip side you've got like ghost of tsushima where marketing was um i would say it was humble considering how successful it was Mm. um and even like before the the game was released people go yes pretty good game yeah it's pretty good yeah Yeah. i like it and it it actually turned out to be freaking awesome like because it's one of those things where the more you play it and the further you get and when you get to the ending and things like that it just gets better and better and better yeah
0: um
1: and you know you can master it so that's an example of of when it works well and um I hope that that's what Blue Box Game Studios were going for. They were trying to just have a bit of mystery and intrigue. Um, but uh,
0: yeah, I mean, it, it's the only like I said, the only real issue I ever had with any of this story, like conspiracies and stuff. It's just, I think they're dumb anyway. Like the whole like the whole idea yeah. that you know, like these and it, this. To be fair, like this does start with Kojima, and Kojima like did start this trend of this whole. Like, when he was announcing Metal Gear Solid Five, and he had, like, the pretend game studio and, like, he pretended to be a developer, like, wrapped in a stupid, like, mummified thing and he had glasses on and stuff like that. I just pretended to be someone else and then it came out. It was like, oh, it's actually Metal Gear Solid Five, and we figured out The Phantom Pain and all that sort of stuff. The Phantom Pain. Yeah. Yeah. Do you not like that? I mean, I liked it. Because it was just called The Phantom Pain before it was Metal Gear Solid. And I I liked the marketing strategy, and it was fun because it actually turned out to be true, and like all the dots that were connecting, it was like, okay, this is cool. Like I understand. And then he doubled down that with um, with PT or Silent Hills, as it later became.
1: um, Yeah.
0: With the playable trailer, that's what PT stands for, and that came out. That was great, and it like made people work together, and it got the community talking and things like that, and it works. Yeah. But the problem is, is what we're having right now, which is we're hitting that point where people are doing that, but when it's not Kajima doing it, mm. then it goes down this weird rabbit hole of just like, no, but it's this, people but it's this, upset. but it's this, but it's this. And then people are getting upset. People are fucking harassing the developers now of like the game that isn't anything the, like getting harassed because you're not Kajima is like the worst like reason to harass people. <laughs> I'm sorry, but yeah. like that is the all time yeah. dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my life. Don't do That's that. Pretty- Don't do that. Like, don't be stupid. Like, come on. Like, we're better than this, you know. And that that sort of stuff is the the thing. Which that's where I've turned on this whole my opinion on this. Like, yeah, this isn't a good idea. Like, at all, we shouldn't be doing this anymore. Like, we should avoid this sort of stuff in the future because of this.
1: I think it's good for Kojima because people would, regardless of whatever he's doing, or whatever his project is, people are going to be getting hyped and drawing conclusions. And Mm -hmm. um, I think that misdirection in that respect is a healthy thing because it it stops the people that they're like a dog with a, you know, chasing cars. Yeah, what happens when they catch the car? When they catch the car. Yeah, exactly. So the misdirection and not getting them excited about a thing, you know, is good. Just getting them hyped up about something Mm. is good because then their expectations can never be um disappointed and so uh yeah Yeah. if if they haven't got a clear idea of what what the game is i think that that's again a weird thing happening now because we're in this stage of of extreme growth within the industry um and again it's one of those weird things where traditional marketing would say yeah let's let's try and communicate the game as much as possible so that we tell everyone what the game's about so they've got an idea before they play it yeah but this like rockstar comes along and and does this it's it's important to do that i think that that's clever yeah. because the downside is is potentially more dangerous and and at the end of the day you just get less uh like death threats or yeah i mean it's people the death threats man
0: that's the, that's the part that so like this would be all good and well like if it was just like pure conspiracy and people are having fun with it and the community is getting together and like oh look at all these lines yeah. that we can draw together and stuff and that was that was the end of it and then yeah. like turns out like oh it's not actually a Kojima game. It's like, oh, never mind, maybe next time. Game still looks fun, whatever. Like yeah. if that if that was the end all be all, then I'd be this would be cool. But it's not, yeah. unfortunately. And that's the that's the weird sort of reality that we live in, is that gamers can be absolute scumbags and we need to, you know, be a bit more careful about this sort of stuff going forward. Because at the end of the day, of like even if you're yeah. even if you're a developer like uh Blue Box where Like, yeah, like, this weird thing happened where you're trying to make a game that's kind of, like, PT. So then you started, like, copying the marketing strategy. And then you realize, like, oh, people think this is a Kojima game. Okay, let's lean into this. Even if, like, they did all of that sort of stuff and maliciously, like, tried to redirect gamers to actually, you know like oh look at us we're, we're a Kojima game haha but we're mm. not haha sort of thing like even after all of that they still don't deserve to be harassed to the point that they're getting death threats they just don't I'm sorry like there's no there's no justification for that sort of stuff
1: so a zero yep. zero justification for any game studio should ever. they get
0: criticism absolutely yeah. without a doubt like they should get criticism like yeah you you boys are idiots for doing this like mm. you shouldn't you shouldn't be doing like this. like you were gonna get backfired for this like I, I hope the game doesn't sell like if that's what you're trying to pull and you're maliciously trying to like grab this attention like this like if that's what you're doing then you know you probably shouldn't be selling as many units as you thought you were going to like you should be you know but yeah there's a difference between that and like hey you should go and kill yourself sort of thing yeah like don't do that be nice christ yeah it's a video game it's
1: a video game it's like an added extra it's like it's not a right it's a privilege to have
0: a video game don't say that chris we'll get death threats um (laughs) I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, well, we're not we're not big enough to get death threats, so right. right, that's,
1: that's true. But we can we can say whatever we like on this. Yeah, podcast.
0: I mean if we got a death threat, we would know it was one of our like five viewers. So we'd be like, hmm, okay. Yeah, we can nail it. We can we can narrow it down. <laughs> we know
1: most of them anyway. Right, so. there's not two, yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah.
1: And meanwhile. Yeah. Oh well. Uh but yeah. That's a, so that's an interesting one. It again, bittersweet. bit sweet like most of the stories these days. Like there's uh Yeah. It's a weird time. It's, a, it's a very weird time.
0: time. Yeah, we. I mean, just, we were we were talking about this before the show. Just this whole, the toxic nature of uh, gamers over the last sort of few years has just been. It feels like it's gaining steam, and I'm not so sure if that's just me. If I'm just becoming like this old man shouting at a cloud thing, or if it's like if it's genuinely happening. But like, it does. I do get this sense that people aren't just criticizing games anymore, and they're not like criticizing certain things respectfully anymore, or not even non-respectfully like you can criticize anything whatever the hell you where you want yeah. but like this whole us versus them mentality that people have got recently it's very weird to me i just don't i just don't think i'll ever understand it and, and if it gets if it keeps going this way i don't I, it's only bad news for our industry i don't think it's a good thing
1: yeah i'll never understand it and i, I don't think it's ever going to go away until the internet can sort itself out with accountability of um, yeah. anonymous users. I agree. And um, as long as users con- continue to be anonymous or at least have no um, meaningful consequences, yeah, then that's going to just continue. I- I've got hope that we can get there because it's, it's going to get to a tipping point. where I think so, yeah. Um, it'll get to a tipping point, unfortunately, where... More a bigger percentage of people are affected by it, and then, and then it would be worth, and then it would be worth investors' money to spend money on correcting it.
0: Yeah, I mean, because there's this like immense amount of sort of motivation and um, a movement, and just all this sort of pressure on games companies at the moment to treat their employees better and things like this. But simultaneously, at the same time, we've got this issue which we're just completely ignoring, which is the the gamer side of this, that are harassing, like, not only themselves, like, they're harassing each other, they're harassing developers as well. And I think, like, if, if we're talking about scale of, like, people being affected by this sort of stuff... Like it's, it's something that we should be looking at as well, you know, but we're not, no. we just completely ignore it because the people that are buying the products are the ones doing it. So therefore they get the free pass sort of thing, which isn't, I don't think that's a good sort of precedent that we should be setting like at all. Like we need to be being a bit, we should come down a bit harder, especially with like the ban hammer on certain, certain platforms. You know, we've got Twitter, we've got Twitch, we've got all these places where these people congregate yet we're not fully taking advantage of that as we should like it's just bizarre to me that we sort of like we're not having this conversation on a wider scale but we are about the about the companies themselves that these people are quite happily throwing harassment at because they're harassing their employees which is just the most ridiculous and ironic thing i've ever heard of in my life
1: that's interesting because that's kind of what's been happening to um Jason, is it Sh- uh, Shreya? Shreya, yeah. Shreya, sorry, Shreya. Shreya, Shreya. Shreya. yeah, I think it's Shreya. Shreya. Yeah, Shreya. Where he, with his recent tweets, um, no I wouldn't know about. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. <laughs> Vin wouldn't know because um, yeah. Full Jason, full
0: disclaimer. Uh, Jason Shreya uh, blocked me on Twitter,
1: so Jason blocked Vin, so that means Vin's famous. Um, <laughs> but we've both checked out what we think he got blocked for, and um, it's fine. Vin didn't do anything. Uh, other than voice's opinion, which is fine.
0: Anyway. Yeah, no, Jason Trier's got thin skin. That's it.
1: That's that's my, the end of it. What what I noticed and Vin didn't uh recently is off the back of some of his tweets regarding the Activision Blizzard uh lawsuit in his um his uh articles, uh, it's had he's had a lot of backlash on on Twitter and he's had, you know, proper death threats and yeah. um uh what racist, uh, racist comments and horrible, horrible comments. Yeah,
0: and that shouldn't happen. Like even so, I don't, him. I don't like Jason Trier at all, and he shouldn't, he shouldn't be getting any of this stuff either. Like he should absolutely no, get criticism, no one should. But there's a difference between criticism and harassment.
1: Yeah, like, and he's reported the them to Twitter, yeah. and Twitter have come back to him and say, oh yeah, none of these, um, none of these dispute any of the guidelines. Yeah. Like so they've got a robot to check the comments, and they're despicable and deplorable and you know vile these people should be banned i agree they're sending these yep. tweets but twitter have just been like oh no they're fine
0: yeah because they bring in the money right like they're the users they're the ones that are watching the ads and therefore they're the ones generating the money they're not gonna they're not gonna bite the hand that feeds them sort of thing which is mm. a stupid mindset because all you're doing is just creating a more and more toxic um, place which people are gonna leave just naturally like as soon as another platform comes along Um, well like how long did it take to get rid of trump and how much like arguably illegal stuff
1: did he say on twitter right (laughs) you know that you could say there's laws against that sort of thing um
0: yeah it took way too long
1: and it took way too long the exceptions
0: the exceptions that they give to these type of people is just it's it's too much we shouldn't be doing this like it's Mm. we should just be it should be consistent it should be across the board um we should absolutely have uh criticism and uh, we should review stuff and we should talk to each other and disagree and have discussion and debate have
1: discourse for
0: sure discourse yeah. for sure absolutely because Cause that's civil. the beautiful thing about Twitter is just like this whole like the fact that you can just blur out anything and it goes mm. into the void and if someone connects with it then they like it and that's about it like it's not it's so much about that sort of stuff but at the end of the day like if it, if it gets to the point where we're just directing like actual harm towards people or like encouraging people to kill themselves and stuff like this like this isn't a good thing we shouldn't be doing this
1: so no it needs to be civil it needs to be legal um you know these these comments are if it was said face to face or in a you know public environment or even a work environment or whatever yeah you know these things are crimes almost you could prosecute them
0: yeah i mean Um, even on the legal sense because a lot of people the sort of argument against the things that we obviously agree on is that you know, our, like First Amendment rights and the United States anyway, freedom of speech laws and other countries and stuff. That is all good and well, but Twitter mm. and social media platforms like Twitch and Facebook and, and things like this, they are private companies. They do not mm. adhere to these laws. Like, I'm sorry, like, I know people don't like hearing that, but it's the truth. Like, they, they can set their own terms and conditions, and they do, and they should also be holding people accountable to them terms and conditions in my opinion but they just don't and that's but the part not. which i have a problem with
1: yeah. yeah so they're not they're not enforcing their own the yeah. rules yeah so it kind of is vindicating their behavior yeah it's sort of saying this is okay like people someone can complain about what you're saying if it was face to face it'd be a crime but on this platform uh we can say that it's wrong but when we when someone complains about it and says this pulls it up nothing, there's no no consequence yeah, and yeah. so yeah
0: Unless yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen it. I've seen, I've seen people post, like, horrific pictures or, like, say horrific things. And then it's like uh, we get the feedback form from Twitter saying, yeah, thanks to your report. It, like, it makes Twitter a better platform and all that sort of stuff. And then you're like, oh, okay, cool. Did you get rid of them? And then you go and look at their profile. And it's just like, no, we just got rid of that post. And it's like, oh, that's nice. You mm. absolute scumbags. Like, how about you actually, you know, punish this person for a day? Like, hey, you can't tweet anything for a week or something. You know, I don't know, yeah. anything. But... No, they just they get the free pass cuz they got the followers and they get mm. the odds. So is this, very is this dear. off the off the back of the fact that you work for Ubisoft things? Oh, I've had this before, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I haven't had any like direct death threats. I've definitely had harassment from gamers. I've, I've had people tell me like, "Oh, you should be ashamed of where you work" and stuff like this. And so it's like mm. that's kind of ironic considering, you know, like if you care about us like as the developers because we're getting harassed, now you're harassing yeah. me.
1: You're harassing the developer. They're harassing the developers. Yeah, so how are you the developers.
0: any better? Uh, yeah. It, yeah. It, just the hypocrisy and the the irony of it all just it yeah. never falls short on me, man. Just never. And it never will. It's, and I don't think it's ever going to change because the problem is, is like when you get these kids like grow up and they realize like, oh, yeah, that's probably a pretty messed up sort of view that I had and I probably shouldn't have done that. For every one person that does that, there's two 14-year-olds that have just signed up to Twitter that are going to be doing this as well. So it's just a perpetuating problem because, yeah,
1: uh, yeah. it's tough one. And in regular human contact, you have that feedback loop of, oh, something was wrong. Yeah. But in Twitter world, that doesn't happen. And so it enforces this behavior that there's no bad consequences. And so, yeah, yeah. it continues and grows and fosters
0: bad um, yeah, it's rough communication. Because I mean, really. that's the thing. Like It's like you said, if you're talking with someone in real life and you call them ugly, you know, you see that face and like, oh, okay, that doesn't that doesn't feel too yeah. great. I probably shouldn't that doesn't do that. it
1: does feel good. Yeah, I've upset this person that doesn't right, feel yeah. good.
0: And, and we have that as kids in, in the playground and stuff. But then in the age of COVID and, and stuff like that, where, you know, we're constantly interacting with others online and you don't see that. You don't see that horrible face. You don't see the, you know, them reacting to it being negative. It's just, well, screw you, dude. And it's screw you, screw you, screw you. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. Maybe so. we need
1: to do like a little... Um... A little video series where, like you know, when celebrities read um tweets, like mean tweets. Maybe we should do like, yeah, like uh fans criticize Ubisoft dev concept art. I w- I concept would Concept art. No. Out. <laughs> and, no. Oh. No.
0: <laughs> read out all of the. This looks terrible. You should yeah. Be sure I, yourself. No. Yeah. I mean, okay. if you, if I if I wanted to paint a target on my forehead, I'd do it right here. No. It's still, <laughs> yeah. No. I'm good. okay bad idea <laughs> good idea just bad yeah bad practice yeah
1: yeah not a fun time
0: no not really. not uh, not for ubisoft right now anyway christ
1: yeah i guess it's yeah timing's not good for that Yeah, it's okay.
0: but yeah the uh the last thing which i wanted to sort of mention anyway i don't even know if it's really a discussion but it's more of a question to you okay but it's about sony and I sort of realized, and I and I think other people have started to realize sort of over the past week, that Sony currently have no um, exclusives for the PlayStation 5 announced at all. Which is kind Since
1: of... Since before the E3 window.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's no... Currently right now we don't know about any PlayStation 5 exclusive games.
1: That's interesting.
0: They're all Could- cross-platform, or they're all on... PlayStation 4 and they're on PlayStation 5 at the same time so God of War and Horizon they're both uh, cross-gen which is so, interesting
1: yeah I, that is interesting I've noticed that as well so there's a couple of things which I think are factors in that okay on the indie space I think it's because they're well known as being the worst platform to put your indie game on um, they not they don't try to make it easy mm. um, it, the, it seems like they're actively spending money on making it difficult which seems to be like a only the good ones are going to get through kind of tactic, which is cost effective, I suppose, if you're a company, but it's not pro developer. Um, The second one is it seems like they've put all their eggs in, uh, in last gen's basket in that they're cashing or they're they're putting all their money on last gen's big successes. So like God of War and uh, Horizon. Um,
0: Yeah. I know they've had, like, they've obviously had, um, previous ps5 exclusives come out but it's it's sort of nuts like indie included as well it's sort of nuts that they just don't have anything announced that's coming right now
1: yeah that's going to become like because yeah. this has never happened in any other console generation like yeah. they've always had exclusives um every time they've had consoles out for like over a year yeah they've had you know a
0: couple of years worth of content
1: lined up ready to go and
0: yeah and i think going. i mean I think the reason for this is the the hole that they had from E3, and they didn't have a lot shown and things like that, and yep. like the fact that they didn't show up this year, and because normally we'd have like twenty games lined up, but just in a launch year, it's really weird that like the it's so thin right now, like excluding really thin. like obviously excluding the uh, cross platform games, there will be games to play on PS5. I'm not saying that whatsoever, obviously, like that's that's mm. ludicrous, but like the fact that there isn't any like dedicated PlayStation Studios. Here's the PlayStation Five games that are coming like this year. Like this is why you need a PS Five. Not that any of this matters. I don't think because like people are still trying to, they're still clambering over dead bodies to get a PS Five. So they're yeah. still going to buy the thing. But it's it's really interesting to me in a launch year that this is sort of where they're at. And I guess my question to you would have been like, do you think that they've got an event lined up, or do you, like with all of this sort of stuff stacked? Or is this just the way forward for Sony now? Are they just going to do this drip drop? Like here's a here's a state of play with two games on it like every four months sort of thing.
1: I think that's, I think the latter. I don't, I, I think that they're leaning into the COVID situation. So mm. the fact that some games about to get pushed back and that the COVID situation has meant that PS5s aren't as easily, you um, can't come across one as easily as they would have liked.
0: Yeah.
1: Means that they're, they're fine with it still being the situation as it is is. they're fine with pushing everything back. And then I think that everything's going to be like, it will start getting good with like within the next year.
0: I hope so. Yeah.
1: Um, and I just think that they're fine for, it's just coast for a bit. Um, yeah, because the the alternative is rush and the, the, the temperature at the moment in the community is rushing is bad. You can <laughs> lose a lot of money yeah. if you rush. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's weird that they've been pushing this narrative before COVID. They were pushing this narrative of like, you know, PlayStation Five is like the gamers' console. This is where you come for the exclusives. And yeah, what they have released is, oh my God, it can't be without it. But we're in the situation now where if you if you're not into Ratchet and Clank or Returnal, then
0: yeah, Xbox is looking pretty and good. And they are literally two games I have not played. Um, I've got a P- uh, PS5. Um. I, I love the console. The console is great. Uh, it's just the whole, like, the lack of content right now is sort of deafening, almost. Like, it's it's kind of strange. So what are you playing Hollow Knight on? Uh, I'm playing that on uh, Xbox right now, on Xbox Series X. Uh, yeah. But you could really play it on anything. You can play it on Switch. You can play it on PlayStation. You can play it on, you can play it on your phone, I think. <laughs> like, it's on absolutely everything. So, wow. yeah. I mean, that's the advantage of indie games, and, uh, like, I don't blame them for not being... Exclusive for anything because they can literally be played on anything, so it's yeah, it's it's an interesting sort of thing. But yeah, I hope we hear more from Sony soon. But I think you're right. I think the reason is is that they just they haven't put anything out because they don't need to put anything out. You know, so yeah, like they're just making enough money. They're coasting as as you put it, which I don't blame them really. But yeah, it, it is an interesting like it was a real it was a realization which a couple of um. News outlets have started talking about this week. And when they wrote it, I was like, nah, that's not true. I started looking well, it up and I was like, crap, that is true. Yeah, That is, it is weird. True. There has been nothing.
1: I think it's because also like with E3 and Xbox, they did pull together some inf- they pulled together some stuff. And yeah. and yeah, and the expectation was that Sony would meet that challenge. But right. They just they haven't. would step
0: up. They just haven't yeah. touched it though.
1: Yeah, it's very and strange. They thought, oh, they'll come after, they'll see what Xbox is waiting to do they'll see what Xbox is doing then they'll release what they need to to make it like match if they like maybe they just thought that um, you know knowing that God of War is around the corner and and the the Horizon forbidden
0: West I think think a lot of this was based on Horizon as you were mentioning there I think they didn't expect this to fall behind because all of like uh, Mm. obviously we can look at this as gamers like in 2021, like in in August 2021 and say, oh, they're making these decisions X, Y, and Z. And that's nice. uh, That's a nice like sort of position to be sat in and commentating on all this sort of stuff. But these Mm. decisions literally would have been made a year ago because you have to think like a year ahead for this sort of stuff, especially for a publisher. Like they're Mm. looking at, is Horizon going to be ready in a year's time? Because if it is, like Horizon has got the holiday 2021 window and that is theirs now. If Horizon gets pushed... Like in a year's time, which they can't predict like a year ago. They can Mm. get a good idea of like where stuff's gonna fit. And they they thought that horizon was going to be twenty twenty one. And based on that sort of forethought and and how they thought it was gonna end up, that's that's sort of like the plan that they put in action. And now that horizon's been pushed, they've just got like this massive hole of just nothing coming out, and it's just it's basically giving Xbox the open field of like, Yeah, here's the ball, run with it, sort of thing, which is interesting. So it's it's very strange, but it is yeah. Like I think uh, knowing
1: that the, the stuff that I'm really looking forward to is pushed back. If I had the opportunity to buy a console, I'd be getting yeah, I'd be getting an Xbox yeah um, with the Game Pass.
0: Yeah, I think I, I think uh, uh Kanban Williams just mentioned as well in the chat. Like, and he's he's completely correct. Like the whole head uh, didn't think it had had to run any faster. It's completely true. I think PlayStation are very very arrogant right now. I think they're sat there thinking, "Oh yeah, the PlayStation 4 did amazing, like, and the PlayStation 5 is selling gangbusters." Which going to sit back and uh, go for it, sort of thing. I think it's yeah. going to be their downfall. I think they're making a huge mistake because X- Xbox Game Pass is not getting smaller; their subscribers are only going up, and yeah. that's going to chip away at sales eventually. I think it's going to become it's going to become a thing at some point or another if Sony don't match that with their own similar service or reform playstation now um mm. they're going to start chipping away at their player base which is you know i think sony are going to be fine I, I don't think they're going to go under or anything i'm not one of those you know it's not doomsday no, and they'll stuff.
1: be they'll be fine yeah we'll be, see it no, though i think there's no panic signals i think coming from no. them um with playstation usually no news is good news right um that's true so yeah and they're, they're so far ahead i think aren't they with console sales that they yeah. can coast for a bit and um yeah i think they're they're using that that ability at the moment they're they're yeah. playing their card of yep yeah, we can coast for a bit it's fine we have got a bit of breathing room
0: yeah it's tough We're because well. i think because i think they're making that mistake as well of like looking at how the xbox series x is selling and they're looking at the uh, xbox series x and I'm looking at the ps5 sales and I'm like okay well cool look we're, we're doubling their numbers no problem everyone's go everyone's gravy like we, mm. we can just chill and then you look at the subscribers of uh, game pass and you realize yeah. that game pass is on mobile it's on pc it's on consoles it's on yeah. previous con- i think it's on um, xbox one as well oh
1: uh, right right
0: i think that's on some form of it anyway uh, the fact that these all exist, like you can't just account for the console sales anymore. And I'm not making excuses for Xbox's sales compared to PlayStation's whatsoever. I think they're doing, they're both doing great. Mm. Like I've got no problems where they're sat. But it's 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 interesting to sort of see that shift in mentality of how we should be looking at sales of consoles these days. Because I think Game Pass is just going kind to of completely, like no pun intended, but change the game completely. So, yeah, if you think about how much
1: money you spend, like if I, if you get an you've got an Xbox and a PlayStation, yep. and you've got Xbox Game Pass. So if you just buy two or three PlayStation titles a year, you'll be spending way more money with Microsoft than you will with Sony. Absolutely. Yeah. Like way more. So much more money.
0: And that's pretty much that. where I'm at right now. Like I'm, yeah. I'm I'm just fucking loving Game Pass. Like it's amazing. Like the amount of games mm. that are on that thing. It's just I, I've bought one Xbox game since the series x was released. One. What was that? Uh and it was an older game um called Lost Odyssey. Right. Everything else has been on Game Pass. Everything. Wow. Like I I like the medium came out, played that day one on Game Pass. Um Flight mm. Sim came out, played that day one on Game Pass. Forza Forza two, I played, was I was it? playing the Ascent last week. That's a brand new game. Right. Game Pass. Just this is the way forward, man. I'm telling you. Like I I'm happily like I will be happy to pay Fifty dollars a month, oh, like the price of a full game once a month to all of these subscription services. Like yeah. PC had one, and Xbox had one, and PlayStation had one. Happily do that. There you go. That's my sixty bucks, like twenty bucks each. Yeah, let's play some games. Like I don't hmm. care, you know. I don't want to keep them forever because if I'm buying them digital anyway, it doesn't make a difference to me. So yeah, let's just let's just play some games. So it's it's kind of gotten to that point now. I've realized this, and I think there's going to be a lot of other gamers out there that are going to start ticking into this and i think if playstation don't make a move and make a subscription ever soon they're going to be a troll
1: yeah i think you're right and um like i was looking on on playstation ps yes, now because that's what i'm signed up to and yeah there was a few interesting bits and pieces there but a lot of it is it's the day one stop man it's, it's not AAA. yeah it's not like where most people are spending most of their money yeah,
0: uh, I mean there are there are there are elements of it like with the PlayStation sort of ecosystem like they've got when you sign up to PlayStation Plus and you've got a PlayStation Five you get access to all of like the first party PS4 games which is great like and a lot of people don't even know about that like it's very well hidden almost mm. and it's kind of strange that they don't advertise this as a as a huge thing for the PlayStation Five like don't buy the next five um, PS4 games that you were going to buy. Just buy a, a PlayStation 5 and you get all that stuff for free anyway. Mm. You know, like the fact that they don't advertise that more is sort of crazy. So they have the seeds for all of this sort of stuff. It's just like having the balls, basically, to take the step which Xbox have taken um, and say, okay, this AAA game, which should be $60 or $70 now in the in the land of PlayStation, um, you get that day one including your subscription. Like they just haven't made that step yet. And I think that is the crucial side of it because when you start getting games that are coming out day one on Xbox, which has already started to happen, day one on Xbox, and then it's still seventy on PlayStation Five. It's like, yeah, where is the competition here? Like there's just yeah, like I mean, come on. (laughs)
1: Whereas last gen it was all about um like I had console envy for a lot of the a lot of the releases. Like it it was about the the console envy and that's that just isn't the case now, so it'd be like, oh man, I want to play a Spider-Man. That, game
0: that is a good point, though, because like as much as we say like Game Pass matters at this point, if PlayStation sticks their guns and just say, no, we're not doing that, we're just gonna make awesome first-party exclusives that you're gonna want to play, you're gonna want to pay seventy dollars for these things. Like if mm. they stick to that, I think in time that will bear fruit, you know. Like, but it's gonna be a rough few years for a PlayStation if they are just gonna try and ball right through that. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see.
1: Well, Cambon said, uh, "Problem is that if they wait too long to push their subscription service, it could be tough to get devs to choose PS Now. Smaller audience. There's a thing called momentum. That's the danger.
0: Yeah.
1: And yeah, if if um yeah if if Microsoft keep buying things up at the rate they have been buying things up as yeah. well, and yeah, it could be and and if Microsoft start pulling out the exclusive card in in their terms and conditions with with developers, then yeah." Yes, now could be left with slim pickings. Yeah, I
0: mean, like the the thing that I was saying about the uh, PlayStation uh, exclusive things, when that bears out, the opposite can happen as well. So Xbox will have this moment where just suddenly every other month there is an Xbox exclusive coming out on the coming out on Game Pass. And when that happens, the momentum for them is going to go up as well. But to the whole PlayStation Now thing, I've been saying this like from the beginning, I've been saying this to you for months. Um, Mm. If they do keep the momentum with uh, playstation now guarantee it's gonna have a rebrand it won't be called playstation now they'll rebrand it yeah and they'll call it something different so that'll allow yeah. them to give them a clean slate and say okay this like game pass for playstation if you just say hey we're adding games to playstation now no one's gonna give a shit they're just gonna be like yeah whatever it's just playstation now i, pl- I tried that two years ago when it was laggy and crap and the library was tiny like i'm not just gonna i'm just not gonna care they will rebrand yeah. it absolutely absolutely
1: it's not great it's not a great uh i i I don't i think in the modern day and age it's uh the platform is yeah i didn't find it enjoyable i don't find it fun experience it's difficult to find the sort of thing i'm looking for yeah i agree um i was gonna say something but i can't remember what it was i
0: bet it was gonna be great as well chris i bet it was an (sighs) awesome point and it would have made you look really smart and intelligent but too bad sir too bad (laughs) Oh well, it was going to be something about games. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. It was going to be something about video games. I'm sure. I'm sure it would have been awesome. <laughs> but yeah, we should probably wrap oh, it up there anyway. We've been uh, we've yeah. been banging on for about an hour and twenty minutes, so it's time to wrap this yeah. thing up. Uh, thank yeah. you everyone for joining us uh, on this week's episode, especially you, Cam uh, Williams. Thank you for joining us live, man. We appreciate thank it. you. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: yeah. If you did enjoy this episode, then please give us a like, subscribe, and uh, hit the bell icon to be notified whenever we get a new episode up and running you can also find us on your very favorite podcast services such as spotify and google play and all that sort of apple shenanigans podcasts apple and, yeah. itunes podcasts whatever they're calling it this week yeah they keep changing our names but yeah you can find us on all them sort of uh services so please uh give us a subscribe and like on there if you prefer the audio versions and uh chris yeah. where can people find you and your shenanigans
1: um, so on Twitter, I'm at AcrylicPixel. And on YouTube, I am AcrylicPixel. What about you, Vin? Where can we find you and your lovely art?
0: Uh, you can find me. I am on ArtStation, uh, Art. You can find me on there. My concept art is on there. You can also find me on Twitter. I am at VinHill. No, wait. No, I'm not. I am at Hill4Games. I know this. I am at <laughs> Hill4Games on Twitter. You can find me there and some of my uh, pixel art animations. And um, I'm working on my little crazy, like, underwear-bearing Japanese schoolgirl animations at the moment, so you can check that out. Uh, but, yeah, until next time, ta. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.